Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I hope you've had an opportunity by now to watch or listen to episode 381 of The Corbett Report podcast on who will fact-check the fact-checkers, because I really do believe this is a very important and very timely report to be making. And I say that advisedly, because between the time I finished recording that podcast episode and the time I actually released it, I received not one, not two, not three, but four separate emails from separate sources talking about this issue in some way, about fact-check or the fact-checkers or fact-checking my work or what have you. Uh, so there's definitely something in the zeitgeist surrounding this topic. Again, I received those emails before I released the podcast, so clearly there's something uh, bubbling right around now, and I'm sure many people are getting this if they go to share information about the Who is Bill Gates documentary, for example, they may receive one of these fact checks in response from one of their credulous uh, normie friends. Well, let's address that. Let's address some of these criticisms specifically, because I think there is something we can learn from these types of criticisms and how we can respond to them fruitfully. So let's take a look at a specific example. One of those emails that I received was from France, who wrote to say, hello, James and your team. <laughs> well, actually, it's just me, me and Brock, but other than that. Uh, I am subscribed and sent you $24 recently. I'd really been enjoying your reports until I found that two major facts you had included about Bill Gates are false. Now I have to apply scrutiny to your reports, and I feel sad about that as I had trusted what you said. I am 65 and haven't been fact-checking. I sent out an email alerting friends and family to expose Bill Gates Day and put all of your links in for the complete four-part series on Bill Gates. My 34-year-old son looked up some of the facts, educated me on fact-checking, and told me to stop listening to your news. So before I write you off, I'd like to ask why you would include facts that are easily found as false. It discredits you. They are... This one, for the cases of polio in India as a result of the polio vaccine, uh, brackets, I like that it came from the country in question, and there's a link to an, a fact check from the Logical Indian, and then this one regarding sterility in women in Kenya as a result of the tetanus vaccine, and there's a link to africacheck.org. I'd greatly appreciate a reply. If possible, I'd like to restore my faith in your reports. Okay, thank you for sending that in, friends. I'm very glad you did so, because... I think there's a number of things that we can learn from this query that you're making here. Uh, there's definitely a educational opportunity, let's put it that way, uh, in regards to responding to these debunks, these fact checks. So let's start by modeling how we can actually fruitfully look at and, and deal with this type of fact checking. Let's look specifically at what I actually said in the documentary, because the first ground rule I would say for any anyone claiming to fact check what is being said is that they are addressing what was actually said. So let's let's see if that was the case. Here is exactly what I said in the Who is Bill Gates documentary about the Gates Foundation, India, and the polio vaccine. There's the 2017 confirmation that the Gates-supported oral polio vaccine was actually responsible for the majority of new polio cases and the 2018 follow-up showing that 80% of polio cases are now vaccine-derived. There's the 2018 paper in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health concluding that over 490,000 people in India developed paralysis as a result of the oral polio vaccine between 2000 and 2017. 
All right, so that is quite specifically what I said in the documentary with regards to the Gates Foundation and the polio vaccine. And for those who are interested, if you go to CorbettReport.com Gates, you can find the complete hyperlinked transcript of everything, including those sentences, where you can find the links to the source documents that I used to uh, back up those claims. So now let's check into this fact check from TheLogicalIndian.com, from which this claim that uh, the, the documentary has been debunked comes from. And this uh, sources to a article entitled Fact Check, Were 496,000 Children in India Paralyzed Between 2000 and 2017 from Bill Gates' Polio Vaccine? Question mark. And that post reads in very grammatically incorrect English, but I will reproduce it exactly as it's written for verisimilitude. I want exactly the critique as it stands. So this is how they wrote it, folks. Bill and Melinda Gates have been targeted by anti-vaxxers for a long time for his work on vaccination. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has donated funds to Gavi Foundation, an organization in forefront of making vaccination available to countries who can't afford it for its population. In light of this, Posts were shared on social media platforms with the claim that their foundation had tested a polio vaccine in India that left at least 490,000 children paralyzed. Bill Gates Foundation tested a polio vaccine in India between 2000 and 2017 and paralyzed 496,000 children, reads one such post dated April 13, 2020. Fact check, the claim is misleading. According to a report by PolitiFact, the claim can be traced back to an Instagram post by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the nephew of former U.S. President John F. Kennedy and a leader of the World Mercury Project on April 7. World Mercury Project, a group headed by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and a California-based organization, has been vocal against vaccines. Further, they are one of the biggest sources of anti-vaccine advertisements on Facebook. Indian doctors blame the Gates campaign for a devastating vaccine strain polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children between 2000 and 2017, Kennedy wrote. In an email correspondence with PolitiFact, the Gates Foundation has debunked the claims. According to a report by WHO, India was officially declared polio-free in 2014. Further, no evidence could be found which proved that almost half a million Indian children were given polio or suffered from paralysis due to vaccine-derived polio viruses. Over the past 10 years, more than 10 billion doses of oral polio uh, poliovirus vaccines, OPV, have been administered to over 2.5 billion children worldwide, preventing more than 10 million polio cases during that period, reads another report by WHO. However, the World Health Organization does mention that it is possible to contract uh, polio from vaccines, but it is extremely rare. According to the agency, 1 in 2.7 million oral doses results in vaccine-associated paralytic polio. Although there have been reports of contaminated vaccine even after the eradication of polio in India, the data from the WHO show that there were 17 cases of vaccine-derived poliovirus cases recorded in India between 2000 and 2017. The data shows that cases were recorded in India only in 2009 and 2010, as seen in the screenshots below, in which CVDPV, circulating vaccine-derived poliovirus. Therefore, it can be ascertained that the, claim, the claims made in the viral post are false. All right. Debunked, right? Right? 
Wait, hold on a second. Actually, this is a master class in how these types of debunkings and fact-checkings work. Because exactly as I outlined in episode 381 of the podcast, where I detailed how one of the tricks that these fact-checking sites use is to take a claim, then take the most sensationalized version of that claim, preferably from a very fringe source or just some sort of random person on Twitter with seven followers, uh, who's obviously not a particularly central to the story, take that claim, then take one tangential part of that claim and debunk it. I think we have some element of that going on here in this debunking. First of all, you will note that the substance of this debunk starts with pointing out not actually the logical Indian. Remember, uh, France said it was impressive that this came from it, the country in question itself. The logicalindian.com is debunking this thing about India, uh, Indian polio vaccine campaign. Well, actually, no, because they are sourcing their entire debunk to PolitiFact. So <laughs> there's a step removed right there. But more to the point, they are saying that this claim derives from an Instagram post by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And then they talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his association with World Mercury Project. And these guys are one of the biggest sources of anti-vaccine advertisements on Facebook. Hold on a second. What does any of that have to do with the actual specific claim that they are attempting to debunk here. Oh, that's right, absolutely nothing. But it is a good way to try to smear the claim before you even start looking at facts, right? Right, so that's exactly what that has done. And there's a couple of things to note about that. First of all, go back to what I actually said about the polio vaccine and what I said in my report and show me where I was talking about an Instagram post by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, that's right. I wasn't. It has nothing to do with the claim that I was making. So any anything to do with RFK or any of that tangential ad hominem, logically fallacious garbage that they are trying to insert in this debunk has nothing to do with what I said in my documentary. But also, uh, they gloss over a pretty important part of what was actually written, where in this Instagram post that they are saying is the source for this information, Kennedy wrote, and they quote, Indian doctors blame the Gates campaign for a devastating vaccine strain polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children between 2000 and 2017. Indian doctors? Is he just making that up? He just said that out of nowhere? Oh, he says, Robert F. Kennedy says, uh, it was uh, Indian doctors saying this, but we all know he's a crazy anti-vaxxer, so he's just having delusional fantasy. If only there was someone who could provide a link to the actual specific study by these Indian doctors that specifically makes this claim. Oh, wait, that's right. That's exactly what I did. So once again, please go back to thecorporatereport.com slash gates transcript, where you will find the claim very specifically laid out. There's the 2018 paper in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, concluding that over 490,000 people in India developed paralysis as a result of the oral polio vaccine between 2000 and 2017. There is a specific claim that has nothing to do with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or an Instagram post. So let's go and click that link in the transcript to the actual paper in question. Now, once again, sourcing to the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. This is an article called Correlation Between Non-Polio Acute Flaccid Paralysis Rates with Pulse Polio Frequency in India. 
And its sources to, or the authors of this study, uh, Rachana Dimon, Sandeep Prakash, V. Srinavas, and Jacob Puliel. And it shows their affiliations. So these are the Indian doctors, presumably, that RFK was referring to. I don't know what RFK was referring to, but I know this is what I was referring to because I specifically linked it. And uh, that was specifically the claim that was being made. So let's read from the abstract of this study, shall we? The last case of polio from India was reported in 2011. That year, the non-polio acute flaccid paralysis rate in India was 13.35 out of 100,000, where the expected rate is 1 or 2 out of 100,000. A previous study of data from 2000 to 2010 has detailed the NPAFP, non-polio acute flaccid paralysis rate, in a state correlated with the pulse polio rounds conducted there, and the strongest correlation with the NPAFP rate was found when the number of doses from the previous four years were used. However, a simple association being found with regression analysis does not prove a causal relationship. After publication of those findings, as the threat of polio had lessened, the number of rounds of OPV, oral polio vaccine, administration was brought down. The present study has been done to look at data till the end of 2017 to see if the incidence of NPAFP, this type of paralysis, declined with this reduction in polio immunization rounds. We used polio surveillance data acquired by the government of India from 2000 to 2017. Correlation of the NPAFP rate to the number of polio rounds in the state was examined, and the cumulative effect of polio cases administered in previous years was sought. NPAFP rate correlated with the OPV pulse r- polio rounds in that year, R equals 0.46, P is less than 0.01, and the NPAFP rate started to decrease from 2012 when the number of pulse polio rounds had decreased. NPAFP rates in the states of Uttar Pradesh and Bihar were the highest in the country. Looking at the high NPAFP states of UP and Bihar, we found that the correlation coefficient was strongest when doses used over five years was considered. The response to the reduction in OPV rounds, de-challenging, adds credence to the assumption that OPV was responsible for the change in the NPAFP rate. And it says, now that India has been polio-free for over six years, we propose that we may be able to reduce NPAFP by further reducing post-polio rounds. Do you understand what they are saying here? They're saying there is a correlation, a demonstrable, statistically significant correlation between the number of oral polio vaccine rounds that were being administered and the rate of this non-polio acute flaccid paralysis that was occurring in, in India at an order of magnitude higher than usual rates, exactly in line with the administration of this OPV, oral polio vaccine. Now, Here's the thing. So they said, well, correlation doesn't prove causation. It may have been some other factor. So we looked at, at the time that the OPV rounds started reducing, de-challenging, did, did that correspond to a decline in the NPAFP rate, the paralysis rate? And lo and behold, yes, it did. So that adds credence. As they say, it adds credence to the assumption that OPV was responsible for the change in the NPAFP rate, which is a flowery way of saying was responsible for paralyzing a number of Indians. So what is that number? Do they have a number in this scientific study? Yes, they do. And what is that number? Well, 
Skipping down a couple of pages, we calculated the number of paralyzed children each year which exceeded the expected numbers, assuming an NPAFP rate of 2 in 100,000, which, by the way, keep in mind, is the higher figure in that assumption rate. It could be 1 in 100,000. They went with 2. And the results are displayed in Table 2. A total of 640,000 children developed NPAFP in the years 2000 to 2017, suggesting that there were an additional 491,000 paralyzed children above our expected numbers for children with NPAFP. There it is, in black and white, in this study, which once again was published in the journal of the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, led by a team of Indian doctors. This is where the claim comes from. This is specifically what is being claimed. Now, by all means, people can take a look at this study, and I'm sure that people will, if they are attention is drawn to it, they will start to attack this study. Oh, that's not a reputable journal, or they didn't do this correctly, or they didn't prove causation, or blah 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 There's a million ways to attack any piece of information you don't like. But isn't it interesting that they are not actually looking at the actual study that I provided the link to in my documentary? No, 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 no. No, they're going to take a fact check of an Instagram post by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and then spend a lot of time just talking about RFK as an anti-vaxxer and that's why you can dismiss this. They think you are a child and they are trying trying to lie to your face, knowing that most people won't even bother to look into this. So this is specifically what I was talking about. And just as an extra added bonus, I also, if you click over over 490,000 people in India, you will see uh, there's a link also to the Hindu, which also specifically reported that number at that time coming from this particular study. The Hindu is a very MSM mainstream Indian outlet. So again, just further, this is not coming from an Instagram post from RFK Jr. This is coming from an actual scientific study, uh, but you wouldn't get that from looking at the fact check. And which, by the way, remember, doesn't come from the logical Indian itself. They are sourcing their own fact check to PolitiFact. Keep that in mind. We'll, we'll come back to that later on. Okay, so that's the specific claim about polio vaccine, and that's that's where it's actually deriving from. And as you can see, the fact check, the debunk, has nothing whatsoever to do with that. They are lying to your face about this and where it's coming from and what it actually means and what it actually says. So then, the second part of France's son's critique uh, was regarding women in Kenya being sterilized as a result of the tetanus vaccine, and there's a link to africacheck.org. Once again, it may come in handy to take a look at specifically what I actually said about this so that we can see what is to be debunked, quote-unquote. But beginning in the 1990s, a series of scandals over WHO-led vaccination programs in the Third World led to allegations that tetanus vaccines in places like the Philippines and Kenya were being laced with HCG in order to implement population control by stealth. The controversy generated by these stories led global institutions to step back from the campaign to champion population control by vaccine. Now, for people who haven't seen the Who is Bill Gates documentary or don't remember it in great detail, I hope you'll go and take these statements and put them in their greater context of that documentary where there's a narrative that flows from one part to the next. So, for example, in the case of this anti-HCG 
vaccine idea. That was preceded by looking at the 1968 annual Rockefeller Report talking about the need for immunological methods for reducing fertility, followed up in the 1988 annual report of the Rockefeller Foundation talking about progress that had been made in that regards with regards to Norplant, for example, uh, talking about the creation in 1972 of a World Health Organization task force on vaccines for fertility regulation, which by 1995 was able to report on progress made towards an anti-HCG vaccine, uh, specifically combining a synthetic uh, peptide of HCG, which is a type of hormone secreted by the early embryo with a toxoid carrier molecule so that eventually your, your immune reaction would see that HCG as an invader enemy and thus a pregnant woman would not be able to carry their baby to term. They were talking about this in the 1990s, etc. All of that is the context for this particular statement that comes in the documentary about the scandals around these vaccination programs in places like the Philippines and Kenya. And please keep in mind, once again, in that transcript, there are links to all of those source documents that I'm talking about and citing there so that you can go and review them for yourselves. So let's get to the check from Africa Check, africacheck.org, which attentive listeners will remember from that episode 381 last week. But Let's take a look at what they have to say about this. They have a fact check that France cites in her email called 25 Years On, rumor by U.S. anti-contraceptive organization still damages tetanus vaccine programs. And that starts by saying, abortion drugs discovered in Bill Gates' vaccine, declares image posted on Facebook, secret sterilization program discovered in Africa. The image seems to be a screenshot of a news article published in 2017. It continues, UNICEF, the World Health Organization, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have been accused of secretly sterilizing millions of women in Africa by doctors in Kenya after abortion drugs were discovered in tetanus. When a Facebook user in Kenya recently posted the image, it was shared at least 100 times. But it's just another version of an old rumor Africa check debunked in May 2016 and busted again during Kenya's 2017 elections. Disclosure, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is one of Africa Check's funders, providing 18% of our income in 2018. <laughs> the sterilization claim is more than 20 years old and has been repeatedly debunked by the World Health Organization and others ever since. Vinayak Bharadwaj wrote for Africa Check in 2016. But the rumor lives on online, and now it's on Facebook. Da, da, da. Okay, so I think you see where this debunk is going. Once again... Rather than refuting a claim directly, they are claiming to refute some sort of image that was posted to Facebook that got 100 shares, Whoa! Uh, as opposed to the a news article addressing the news article that this appears to be an image of. So they can't even fact check what is the source of this claim? Was this a news article? What news article? Can we find that? Is there a a copy of it somewhere? Can we look into the claims? Who, who is that posted by where? No, none of that. We're going to base this all on a Facebook meme, essentially, in order to further marginalize the claim and further make it sound like some loony thing that some weirdo dreamt up and made some image macro about and is sharing it to dozens of people, I tell you, dozens. All right, so... Uh, this goes on in that very same vein, talking about, for example, the Bill Gates vaccine and having uh, secretly sterilized people with tetanus. There's a couple of things to note right off the bat. Right away, you can see how this relates or does not relate to what I actually said in the documentary. 
where I said, but beginning in the 1990s, a series of scandals over WHO-led vaccination programs in the third world led to allegations that tetanus vaccines in places like the Philippines and Kenya were being laced with HCG in order to implement population control by stealth. The controversy generated by these stories led global institutions to step back from the campaign to champion population control by vaccine. Every single statement in that paragraph is factually correct. There were scandals over WHO-led vaccination programs. Not, keep in mind, not Bill Gates-led vaccination programs. That was never something that I claimed. It was WHO-led vaccination programs. There were scandals that erupted about those programs, documentable, and I provide links to the scandal about what happened in the Philippines and what happened in Kenya. Specific links to specific scandals that developed. And those scandals generated controversy, as I say, that that led to the World Health Organizations and others stepping back from championing this idea of we're going to control population through vaccines. They, they, They stepped back from championing that cause. Again, every single one of those points is factually correct. Please note that I'm not adjudicating in that sent- in that paragraph about whether those were secret sterilization programs or not. I'm saying there was scandals that erupted when that accusation was thrown around. So right off the bat, none of this debunk is in any way related to what I actually said in this documentary. And please be aware. Yes, sometimes when I'm speaking, like in a video like this where I'm speaking off the cuff, I might I might make an allusion to a, a fact that I'm going off of the top of my head that may not be accurate. That is absolutely the case. Another reason why you should fact check everything that you hear. But in a documentary like this that is scripted out and with specific sources and links to specific things, you better believe I carefully choose the words that I'm using here to carefully say something or not say something. And you'll note, I did not say there was a secret sterilization campaign in the Philippines and Kenya with regards to vaccines. No, I said there was a scandal that erupted uh, due to allegations that tetanus vaccines in places like the Philippines and Kenya were being laced with HCG. So what is the reality or lack thereof behind these accusations? That's a different thing and something that, again, I did not adjudicate on in the documentary, so does not in any way fact check or debunk the documentary itself. Having said that, you better believe I did do research into this topic and I really did look at some of the competing claims for these types of things. And having done that research, I decided there was not sufficient evidence to for me to make that claim that there was a secret sterilization campaign that was taking places uh, taking place in places like the Philippines and Kenya. If I had found that information, I probably would have included it in the documentary. I did not. I did find a lot of competing claims, and I did research it. I really did look into it. Not only the specific studies, for example, um, that I was citing there, there was a researchgate.net uh, republished article on HCG found in WHO tetanus vaccine in Kenya raises concern in the developing world which goes through some of those claims, but I didn't just rely on that. I did look at a lot of different reports. And one of the sources that uh, that really was following this story quite closely, as you can imagine, uh, at the time was KTN News out of Kenya. And they had a number of reports and follow-ups and interviews with some of the people actually involved in these accusations and, and countering those claims. And they did a good job. If you go through and watch, you can at least get both sides of this story and what was being claimed and what was being refuted as I did. So, for example, when the story broke, uh, the KTN News did cover that story. 
In three days, public health officials will finish administering the third dose of tetanus vaccines. But the complaints that have marred the exercise are likely to echo long after they are gone. The loudest voice that of leaders from the Catholic Church who have urged followers to boycott vaccines. In the current tetanus vaccine, the Catholic Church advises all Kenyans not to participate in the vaccination program. The anti-tetanus drive is part of a five-dose campaign that targets women of childbearing age. The first round of vaccinations took place in September last year and the second in March this year. The third round has aroused the suspicion of Catholic doctors who claim that the tetanus injections could cause sterility in women. Is there a tetanus crisis in Kenya? If this is so, why has it not been declared? Why does the campaign target women of 14 and 49 years? Why has the campaign left out girls below 14 and yet girls between 13 and 9 years become pregnant if what they are worried about is neonatal tetanus? Why have they left out boys and men knowing they are all prone to tetanus even more than women? When anybody then says in a country dying of malaria, dying of HIV, dying of cancer, dying of diabetes, and you prioritize a disease that some of us have not seen. The Catholic Doctors Association of Kenya claims to have undertaken independent tests to back the allegations. When injected to a non-pregnant woman, combined with the tetanus toxoid, she develops antibodies against both tetanus and HCG. When she conceives, the body fails to recognize HCG as a friend and will produce anti-HCG antibodies, destroying her own natural HCG, rendering her incapable of sustaining a pregnancy. But that was just the beginning of the story not the end of the story, and KTN continued to follow up in a series of reports over the coming months and years. So, for example, a few months later, they had on one of the directors of one of the labs that had actually done the testing for some of the samples uh, for the Catholic Doctors Association. In studio, I have Ahmed Khaleb, Managing Director, Lancet. Thank you so much for joining us on KTN Prime. And of course, the reason we are bringing you into this uh, discussion is because your laboratory is one of the laboratories that conducted one of these tests for the Catholic Church. So, when did your laboratory conduct the test for the Catholic leaders? If I recall uh, fully correctly, um, uh, we received some samples. We found out that we received some samples in May this year which we tested like any other routine sample that comes to our laboratory because it was submitted by one of the doctors who is well known to us. Uh, and after we tested, uh, we are not aware of the actual sample or that actually it was a vaccine. So it was run like any other routine sample and our result was provided. Uh, I think subsequently... What were the results? Uh, so the layman's resu language. In layman's language, yes. the results which were done for the human sample showed that the beta, the, the, there was no... 
clinically significant beta HCG values. In other words, the values that were there is what we call to be within the normal reference range. Now, if I talk about normal reference range, most people will probably uh, be able to uh, identify with something like a blood sugar. When you go to do a blood sugar test in a laboratory or you use your blood glucometer uh, for testing your blood sugar, it tells you your results. It gives you a certain figure. Mm. Now, that value, we, we as doctors in the clinical context, we say it is normal or abnormal. So in this case, the results which were given were within the normal, not abnormal. In other words, they are not elevated. So subsequently we had, uh, again, through social media and contacts that the Catholic Church had said that uh, our laboratory had been used and it had confirmed the testing. What uh, levels did you get in your results? At that particular point, uh, I think it was 1.2 and the reference range is 0 to 5. 1.2, yes. insignificant as this would be. What level of HCG would cause a miscarriage? So. I think uh, this is something I have to explain, and I think that's where the uh, Catholic's concern, uh, Catholic Church's concern comes in, which I find uh, uh, scientifically legitimate in the way they uh, are arguing about it. What basically happens with this whole um, uh, controversy, as we call it, is that previously there have been uh, instances where uh, various scientists have experimented the beta-HCG is a hormone that is found in women when they are pregnant. Mm -hmm. Or it can also be found with, with certain type of cancers associated with the uterus. So what happens is if somebody is injected with beta-HCG, they will develop antibodies against it. And that's basically what uh, vaccination does. It develops antibodies. So in this particular instance, the church is claiming, uh, based on previous uh, stories, mm -hmm. that when you inject somebody with beta-HCG, irrespective of the amount, you will develop some antibodies, and that has been shown experimentally can lead to miscarriage. As we speak, I'm not aware of any uh, proper uh, proof of concept in, uh, in terms of population that it can actually be used. So the, the conspiracy then goes that maybe this is a way to go ahead and test that vaccine. Mm. The, the use of the beta-HCG to control the population, yes. So when we got this sample to test, we are not aware, but we are told to test it for HCG, which we did. We got a value of 1.2. As I said, the normal reference range is 0 to 5. However, the way we tested it, which I have found out from the other labs as well, without knowing, they tested it as if it was a human blood sample. But this was not a human blood sample. Okay. This was a vaccine. Hold on. What samples were brought to your lab? What samples should have been brought to your lab? Okay, so our lab is our labs or laboratories that uh, test human beings are not designed and they are not meant for testing chemical substances and compounds. We are specialized to test human tissue samples. I'm talking about blood, urine, and other fluids. So we don't test compounds, we don't test vaccines, we don't test uh, uh, water in the environment, we do testing on human samples. So in this particular case, the results we gave are in the context of the human samples. And that is why when we found out and we conducted subsequent tests, then we actually advised the ministry and we advised uh, uh, the Catholic Church, who are all my good friends and work a lot with them and have a lot of respect for them. We told them, wait a minute, this results that you found you cannot interpret it in the context you are discussing. You need further tests that will be appropriate for that particular testing. And that's what the Parliament Committee is saying, that a joint exercise is required and the appropriate test be done. And the controversy continued for years. Here's a 2016 report on the latest developments in that story at that point. 
All these started in October 2014 when reports from the Kenya Catholic Doctors Association stated that 2 to 3 million girls and women of childbearing age in Kenya had been vaccinated with tetanus vaccinations containing the anti-fertility hormone HCG, rendering them infertile. The Catholic Church called for a boycott of the tetanus and polio mass vaccination exercise, prompting the Pharmacy and Poisons Board to ask a Greek Quest, a laboratory, to do further tests on the tetanus vaccine. According to the laboratory report, the vials tested were found to be contaminated and the government has been accused of attempting to cover up the anomaly by asking a Greek Quest Limited to alter the results to show that they were safe to be administered, but the laboratory declined. We cannot go on and support this vaccination campaign. Why? Because insofar as we do not have clean results to, to assure Kenyans that what they are receiving, they are clean, then we are not as the Catholic Church and we ask also Kenyans, we are not going to support. Early last year, at the direction of the bishops, the vials were tested at five different laboratories in Kenya. The government rejected the results, citing poor methodology. The Ministry of Health said it tested 10 vials and found them to be free of the hormone. Preliminary test results released in January 2015 showed that three of the nine vials of the tetanus vaccine contained beta-HCG, a birth control hormone. The others tested negative. On 4th of this month, the Kenya Medical Association told Kenyans that the tetanus vaccine currently being administered. Allegations that some of these vaccines are laced with contraception, contraceptives or other harmful substances are therefore baseless. And where any evidence has been adduced to prove them, this evidence has been shown to have been dismissed after rigorous research over a long period of time. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I reviewed at least a dozen reports spread out over five years regarding this story and the claims and counterclaims and counter-counterclaims about what was found and what wasn't found and who covered up what. But at least I hope you can appreciate there's a much bigger story here with a lot less certainty about what is and what is not known and who who is trustworthy here, but, but they, that was contradicted there. But this lab found this, but this lab manager said that that doesn't matter because they found... Again, there's so many layers to this story uh, that this story in and of itself could make an entire documentary in, in, unto itself. And I would watch that documentary in a heartbeat. It would be a fascinating story because either the story is that the Catholic Doctors Association came out with this completely outrageous, baseless, false accusation that they cooked up out of nothing about basically trying to derail an entire vaccination program and at least being partially successful, certainly sowing seeds of doubt in the Kenyan population about this vaccination program uh, based on absolutely nothing and spent years and years dragging this controversy out. Or the story is that there really was actual genuine concerns about this vaccine that had been discovered and uncovered, but then was covered up and boards and governments and review boards and what have you have covered it up consistently since then. Either way, it's a fascinating story. And either way, as I say, it would make an incredible documentary. But having said that, as you can tell, that is exactly not what I talked about or what I said in the Bill Gates documentary. I did not say anything at all about this being a Bill Gates vaccine, as africacheck.org tries to frame the conversation based on a Facebook meme that they dug up. Um, but secondly, I also do not claim that these were secret sterilization programs. I said that there were allegations that created controversies. Again, that's demonstrable. You just saw. And as I say, I could go on and on with examples of how Kenyan news media was covering this story as the controversy that it was 
for many years. It certainly did create a controversy, and that's exactly why you had the WHO and others stepping back from their task forces on vaccines for fertility regulation and what have you, and putting that back on the back burner until the Gates Foundation was able to broach it again in 2012, um, as I pointed out in the documentary. So again, there's there, everything that I said was factually accurate and had nothing to do really with that debunk. But that brings us to the point where either France's 34-year-old son knew that the fact checks that he was sending to his mother had nothing to do with what I was saying in the documentary, but figured, ah, she probably won't look into it, so good enough. I'll just send her this and say it's been debunked and don't trust that guy anymore. Or he didn't even bother to watch the documentary or just saw a couple things and Googled and saw the first thing that seemed to pertain and just threw it out there. Look, it's been debunked. Either way, that speaks to the ridiculous nature of the predicament that we find ourselves in, debating with people who are just going to Google for an excuse to debunk or dismiss information, regardless of whether it even pertains to what's being said. Again, let's not actually examine facts and let's not see what's being linked and what it says. Let's not look at the actual journal study that says this, or let's not look at any reports about that. Let's just tar it all with one big brush, throw it in one big lump of debunked and good enough. And that's precisely the way these fact checkers function. So I hope this goes to clarify that and, and show in greater detail what I was saying back in episode 381 last week. One of the ways that these fact checker sites do it is to create straw men based on the fringiest application of a certain idea, uh, based on some Facebook meme or Instagram post that they won't bother to look any deeper into any possible sources for those claims, and then debunk that in some way or some tangential claim based on that Facebook meme, and then declare the entire field of study debunked. There's often a much more to those, those stories, as we can see. So that does raise the question, then, who is behind these fact-checking sites? And if you did see 381, you'll already know where this is going, but let's put it on the record. So, for example, again, we saw in the, that email from France, she was impressed that that Indian debunk quote-unquote, which wasn't a debunk, as we saw, uh, was from India itself. It's from the country in question, right? TheLogicalIndian.com. But wait, actually, they sourced their entire debunk to PolitiFact. And who is PolitiFact, anyway? Oh, that's right. They are partially funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh, funny how that works. How about this AfricaCheck.org? Oh, right, as even they note. Yeah, 18% of their income in 2018 derived from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Again, do you think these conflicts of interests maybe have some bearing on what is or is not debunked? What is a fact and what is fake news? D do we even allow that to enter into our consciousness when we look at this sort of thing? Should we? At any rate, again, I would say, yeah, base, at, at base, it comes back down to actual, documentable, verifiable facts. So, you know, I guess you know, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, as long as what you are proving is that this particular claim says this, but that is directly contradicted by this verifiable, independent evidence, then that's a debunk. But as you see, that is not what happened here. So, uh, let me, let me wrap the bow on this, I did reply to France's email with all of that information that I just went through, and France came back to me to say, oh, thank you for doing that. Oh, I see now, and I should have suspected there was more going on here. I didn't suspect it, though. But that actually brings us back down to what may be the most important part of that entire email, where France wrote, I had really been enjoying your reports until I found that two major facts you had included about Bill Gates are false. Now I have to apply scrutiny to your reports, and I feel sad about that, as I had trusted what you said. 
That unfortunately speaks to the absolute wrong mindset. And it's why I always say, go back and fact check what I am saying. Do not trust me or any source. Obviously, this applies to every source, but just don't blindly trust what someone says and then just pass on information because, well, this guy said it and I trust him. Uh, that is, not, uh, do not build a foundation on a, on, a uh, on quicksand because that that will sink at the first challenge that you encounter. Someone comes back and says, "Look, it's been debunked. Why did you ever trust that person?" Oh, I'm so upset now. Why did I ever trust that person? And now I trust the fact checking site. <laughs> You see how people can be led along if they're not going to build on an actual firm foundation of what they know and why do they know that and why do they believe this fact over that fact. If you don't have some sort of actual foundation there, then you'll just believe the last thing that you heard from anyone. And I don't want people to simply believe what I say just because I say it. I want people who think about what I'm saying and the way I'm saying it, and what I'm what I'm not saying, and the context of that, and what is the document on that, and do I, well, so is that a good study, and why or why not? That's the kind of critical thinking that we have to apply across the board, and that's what real fact-checking comes back down to. So that's a big mouthful for today, but I just, I wanted to put that out on the table because it's a perfect encapsulation of exactly what I was talking about last month, uh, last week, I should say, and it's exactly, I mean, exactly this type of a deep dive is exactly what you have to do in order to come to a better understanding of, well, someone just sent me a fact check and said it's debunked. Is it debunked? Well, let's see. Let's go and let's check the specific claim that was made and what specific documentation or evidence was provided for that claim and then see what the fact check says and does it address that actual evidence and if so, in what way? Again, it's a, I realize this is a lot of work and no one, not even myself, no one is going to do this to every piece of information they ever encounter. Of course not. You couldn't. You literally could not do that. But if you're going to pass on information and tell other people about it, you should at least have some understanding of why it is that you trust that this source or this, this claim is true because of this evidence or something along those lines, or at least be able to do that when challenged. So... I hope this video at least starts as a sort of foundation that people can use for this type of countering of debunk debunk material. Uh, because again, as I say, more and more people are going to encounter this as they go forward. They're going to, if they haven't yet, they're going to encounter more of these fact-checking sites. And it's good to know how to actually address the claims. Because as I will stress once again, sometimes the fact-checking sites do get it right. Sometimes they do actually debunk real misinformation. But sometimes, like in this case, it has nothing at all to do with what I actually said in my report, as I hope I've demonstrated. Anyway, that's going to do it for this time. And as I say, uh, we might do this type of fact check more often, not specifically about my work every time, but about establishment media, about independent media, whatever the case may be. So I'm always interested in what people are interested in having fact checked. On that note, we're going to leave it there for today. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.